Hi gentlemen, uh, wonderful, wonderful to be able to learn with you, specifically one of uh, the great heroes and uh, the great Mafolshim, the great commentators, the Maharal of Lao of Prague. Uh, his Perushim and his writings, and he's incredibly prolific, um, are saturated with understandings that are rooted not only in a very wide understanding of uh, the Nigla, of the revealed side of the Torah, but also a very significant understanding of the Nistar, of the more mystical interpretations of the Torah, rooted in Kabbalah uh, and other very profound teachings. We're going to discuss a bit later on a little bit of the history and a little bit of the background of the Maral, but for today, I wanted to learn with you, for this upcoming Shabbos, a brilliant comment that the Maral makes regarding a very fascinating interpretation of Rashi. One of the works of the Maharal is an interpretation or a comment, a response, and an elaboration to Rashi. It's called the Gur Arye Ala Torah, and if you open a collection of Tsar Mefarshe Rashi, a collection of the commentators of Rashi, amongst, amongst other very famous commentators who comment on Rashi, such as the Mizrahi, such as the Levush Ora, also, you'll, and Sifti Chachomim, you'll find alongside them there in that work, also in that collection, the Gurari. And the Gurari is a phenomenal interpretation. And I thought that we'd learn, in order to launch this, a Gurari together on Parshat Kititze. Basically, the Torah in our Parsha, in Parshat Kititze, is full of significant mitzvot, full of detailed mitzvot. But one of the mitzvot that is set out in uh, the Torah, in our parsha, is in chapter 25 of the book of Devorim. At the very beginning of chapter 25, the psukim speak about the conduct of a beisdim, the conduct of a shofet, of a judge. That's what the Torah speaks about, and how a beisdim omits or, or meets out, is a better word, meets out judgment. So in Posuk Bet, it speaks about how the Shofet, the judge, needs to, in certain circumstances, pass a ruling that would require lashes, malkos. In Posuk Gimel, the Torah says, Arba'im yakeno lo yasif. He shall strike him only 40 times and he shall not add to those 40 lashes. Pen yasif, lest he add, says the Apostle Klakoto, to lash him. Al ele over that amount. Makaraba, too many lashes. The nikla achicha le'enecha. And your brother will perish before your very eyes. Rashi explains this pasuk in the following way. Rashi says that the word Bermispal, when the Torah uses at the end of pasuk Gimel the word Bermispal, 
the exact number and then adds on in our apostle, in apostle Gimel, the word Arbaim, Yaken, or he shall strike him or shall only set out 40 lashes. There, the Rashi, based on the Gemara in Masechet uh, Marcos, he says that they not nakud bamispal. The word bamispal is a shva. It is not bamispal, that exact number. Why? To teach us that it's not complete. It's not a complete 40. It is a number that is the closest to 40. In other words, it's the number that's closest to 40. And we, says Rashi, we just sort of round it out to 40. What is that? That is 40 minus 1, it's 39. That is an incredible comment. And then Rashi says, Lo Yosif is not allowed to add on. It's prohibited. Mikan, from here says Rashi, There is also another prohibition, another warning that the Torah sets out for one who strikes uh, his fellow man. Now, in essence, what we have here is we have an interpretation of Rashi based on an understanding of Chazal, which is rooted in the Gemara, that the word Arba'im Yakeno, that the Pasuk, meaning that he shall really set out 40 lashes, is not 40 lashes at all. What are these 40 lashes? Really, these are only 39 lashes. And therefore, what we're trying to understand, what Rashi is trying to explain, and what the Maral is going to comment, what we're going to learn in the Maral, is how it is, or how does that work, that the Torah says 40, and really it's only 39, because the question is really obvious. The question is going to be, why is it, if the understanding is that really Chazal understood that the meaning of the Pasuk is 39, why does the Torah not just say 39? Why does the Torah specifically write 40, write Arbaim? Um, that's really the essence of Rashi's interpretation, and that's the comment of uh, the Gualier. Says the Gualier the following. Says the Gualier, We understand that Essentially, says the Gualier, we're talking about 39 because we round it up to 40. The Intoman, if you should say, Lama Katav Why does the Torah say 40? Why does the Torah not set out explicitly that he should strike him with 39? 39 lashes. Why does the Torah say 40 if we learn 39? The Yeshua says the Maral, there are those who interpret this, that really the law is he should have 40 lashes, because he sinned, and, this, and he has to pay for his sin through a punishment towards heaven. And the reason that he's supposed to have 40 lashes is because these 40 lashes, each lash 
is equivalent and is paralleled to a day in the forming of the embryo. It takes 40 days for an embryo to form. Chazal say that, and this is what the Maharal is referring to, that the first 40 days of pregnancy, the embryo isn't really an embryo at all. It's kemaim dami. The embryo or the pre-embryo is like liquidy. It's not really a being yet. It only becomes formed in the way that it's meant to be formed as an embryo after 40 days. So each day is essential to the coming together of the embryo, and therefore each day is represented by one of those lashes, because it goes back to your very form, to your very beginning, to the very inception of your creation. There are 40 lashes, and each one is paralleled to the 40, to each day of the 40 days of the creation of the embryo. And it is only because the Holy One, blessed be He, doesn't shine His entire anger on it. That's why we don't implement 40 complete lashes to show that HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't expose his entire wrath, his entire wrath upon the individual. And even though the individual has sinned, and even though each one of those lashes is essential in order to somehow atone towards heaven, for each day of the coming about of his being, says the Maharal, we don't complete it, because God does not complete his anger. And I know this, says the Maharal, because the Beistin, whilst they implemented the lashes, they called out, the psukim of Vuhurachum and he is merciful, Yechaperavon, and he will atone for all sins. Vuhurachum Yechaperavon, Velo Yashchit, and he will not destroy. And since we mean that he will not destroy, Velo Yail Kolchamaton, he will not shine his entire anger and wrath upon us. Therefore, we show that through the lashes, and we with hold one of those lashes to show that Akadosh Baruch withholds his full wrath and his full anger. Because it has Yud Gimu Tevot, Neged HaMalkot, Yud Gimel Efanav, V'Shnei Pa'amim Yud Gimel HaAchorav. Now the Maharal says, if you work out the 13 words, Tevot, in the, this possum that is read during the Malkos, so it has 13 Tevot, and 13 Malkos, and then there are two lashes in between, and another 13 afterwards, and that's when they say, Lo Yeo Now the Maharal goes on. Velakach. And therefore, Lo Shlemot. There were not 40 lashes. Ve'yesh Mefarshim. And there are those who have another understanding, says the Maharal. Ki Amakot Uminadim. And the other understanding is that the Malkos, the lashes, are according to the strict letter of the law. 
בוודאי מם, clearly the 40 lashes כנגד יצירת הוולד, and they are 40 lashes which are parallel to the 40 days of the coming of the being of the embryo, but we don't implement the 40. Because the way that we set out the lashes is in threes. Two behind, and one of the lashes was implemented in the front. And the 40th lash cannot be done so. So now the Maral says there is another reason, besides the esoterical reason. The other reason is a technical reason. The Malkos, the lashes, are implemented in threes. And that goes to 39. To add on another maka, another lash, well, how would you do that? In order to implement the lashes the way that they're meant to be done, requires us to do so two lashes uh, behind on the back and one on the front and you can't do that and therefore therefore they should only implement 39s and in any case but in any case is the maral the obligation according to the Torah is 40 malkos and that's the reason that Rabbi Yehuda in the Gemara in the Gemara in Masechet Makos Rabbi Yehuda holds he held no we do implement 40 Malkos and we don't hold back one of those Malkos and there was a special place for the 40th, 40th lash that lash was aimed between his shoulder blades. But the rabbis don't hold that way. Omnam, indeed, says the Maharal, it seems kibvadai, it clearly and obviously, it makes sense that he should have 40 lashes, because it takes 40 days for the embryo to come into being, and each lash represents or is implemented in order to con- contra-act one of those days, but on the last day of those 40 days, which are necessary for the coming into the being of the embryo, that's the 40th day, that's when the embryo receives his neshama. By the way, in the world of halacha, if a for some reason, for whatever reason it may be, medical, psychological, the first 40 days of pregnancy are, halachically speaking, more lenient to terminate than following the 40 days. Because following the 40 days, the 40th day, that's when the vlad, the embryo, receives his neshama. ובכל המתת, says the Maharal, in all 39 days, who בריאות הגוף. Those 39 days are dedicated to the creation of the body. The physical body. ובגוף הוא החטא. And in that physical body, that's where lies the source of sין. שבו היצר הרע. 
And that's where the evil inclination dwells. Vaneshama and the soul, chata'a imo. And the soul, the neshama, sins with the body. Shekola mechubal atameh, that anything that is attached to something that is impure, hareu kamo, it becomes impure. It adapts all the traits of impurity. Bo'odai maguf, as long as it's with the body. V'lefikach, and therefore, amra Torah, the Torah says, arba'im yakenu, you should strike him 40 times to atone for his sin. Sha'af neshama she'im aguf, because even the neshama that's with the body, chayav malkut. The neshama is also chayav malkut. You can't say that the body is chayav malkut, the physical body is chayav malkut, but the neshama is not chayav malkut. Why? Because the neshama is spiritual, the neshama is the soul, the neshama is eloki, it's divine, it's part of a kot. No! You can't say that. Why? Because it's attached together. The minute they're attached together, they share the same level of tumah, they share the same impurity, and by necessity, the same obligation to receive punishment. Malkus. Shekola maguf. The wherever the neshama is with the body, shuhu It's the body that sins. The physical body that sins. Harei hi kamoha The neshama becomes part. It's likened to the body. Achen, indeed. Listen to this maral. It's brilliant. When you strike the body 39 lashes, and each time you implement a lash, the body goes back to its original state. And through this, the creation of the body goes back to a state of of being rid of sin. This is what our sages taught us. All those who are obligated to receive lashes those lashes absolve them of the punishment through those lashes through the 39 lashes the sin is removed from the physical body and therefore, says the Maral, the Neshama is pure. Because they're two separate components. It's only that the Neshama is included in with the body because the tumor of the body infects the Neshama. But once the body is cleared of tumor, says the Maral, then the Neshama stands on its own. The neshama was never contaminated in and of itself. Only in the fact that it was associated and attached to the physical body. And when the body 
is cleansed of the sin. Enkan pchitut. There is no deficiency. Vechet and sin in the neshama. Baneshama. Ve'ein tzarich la'al od. And therefore, we don't implement the 40th lash. The Maharal has a fantastic chidush here. The Maharal is saying that there is 40 lashes obligated because 39 lashes are there to atone for the sin of the goof. The 40th lash is to atone for the sin or the association of the neshama to the goof and that sin that has contaminated the neshama because of the action of the goof. But once the goof is cleaned, as it were, once the goof is atoned for, the neshama is no longer contaminated. And therefore the neshama no longer needs a malka, no longer needs a lash in order to relieve it of its sin. Because the neshama was never really contaminated within in and of itself, it's only through association. And therefore, we're not required to implement the 40th lash. It's an incredible chidush here. A very powerful, powerful chidush. The entire, just let's think about this for a minute, what the Maharal has just taught us in Gugalia. The entire concept that the Torah introduces of 40 Malkos, of Malkos Bichlal, of Malkos in general, is not in order to implement pain, or not to implement punishment and consequence. It's not even to educate. It's to atone for sin. It's to rectify. It's to restore the balance of the Guf and the Neshama that were created by the divine in the first 40 days of the creation of each and every individual. The Arbaim Yom, the 40 days of Yitzirat Avlad, of the creation of the Vlad, of the embryo. That is the message, that is the essence. And when we understand that what Chazal look at when they see this posuk, is the very internal understanding of what it is that the role of lashes or any punishment that the base din implements is. And that is tikkun aguf, the correction of the body, and zikuch nefesh, and the purification of the soul. And that's why you don't need a 40th lash. Once the body goes back to the situation that it was before it sinned, the neshama is also free of sin. And there's no requirement to implement the 40th. So even though this is how the Maral understands the view of Chazal, even though the Torah says, really, there should be 40. Yeah, there should be 40. But we don't need the 40th. Once we've implemented 39. 
Because those 39 achieve purification, rectification. And then, the neshama is tahor, it's pure and holy. I saw this maral and it touched me deep inside. Because what I saw here was a brilliant understanding in the Malach, in the entire comprehension of Chazal, in the legal system of punishment and justice. When a Basin meets out justice, meets out punishment, it's in order to rectify a spiritual imbalance. Once rectified and the Neshama is pure, we don't need those Malchus anymore. From the beginning of Elul until Yom Kippur, there are 40 days. 40 days of Yitzirat Avlad. The 40 days that are so essential to the physical makeup. But now we've learned the 40th day is also the spiritual makeup of the human being. That's the process of tshuva. Every day rectifying. So when we reach Yom Kippurim, you reach the 40th day. It's a day of atonement. It's a day where the neshama is mezukach. It's, it's been purified. It's been rectified. It's gone back to its original divine source. It's sin free. And then the 40th Malka is no longer required. I wish you a good week and a Shabbat Shalom. All the best. Kol Tuf.